Welcome back guys, it's Mountain Meditations, so I still don't know what episode it is and I keep forgetting to look before we start rolling, uh, but I know that today, uh, as we're continuing with Season 2, we're getting towards the end of Season 2 actually, uh, we're going to be continuing with the Versus series. Tristan, what are we talking about? We're talking about the age-old Marxist question, Chris. Who would win in a fight? The proletariat or the bourgeoisie? Ooh. The 1% or the 99%? Battle of the class. Occupy Wall Street or works in Wall Street? <laughs> We're so, talking about the rich versus yeah. the poor. We're pitting, we are pitting them in a death match. Uh, we're going to look at the stats. Uh, it looks like the poor are really killing it in terms of endurance, dealing with minimum wage jobs. And yep. the rich uh, have a very high charisma stat mm. in that they have not already <laughs> been taken out. <laughs> um, something that sort of inspired this was actually I um, it. Well, we recently went through Labor Day. And so part of Labor Day uh, experiences was me being at work, actually. I didn't get the day off. Um, but Chris is I, a laborer. I did get time and a half, uh, so that's pretty good. And yeah, so, we take those. Yeah, and so I looked on YouTube and I saw Steven Crowder upload a new video, and it was something like, Labor Day sucks, or Labor Day is the worst thing ever, something, something, something. I was like, okay, let's see what this is. <laughs> and so, of course, it's Steven Crowder sitting in his bathrobe. You know, he's naked underneath. He's crossing his legs. He's smoking a pipe. The usual. That's and the kind he, of content I want to see. <laughs> he proceeds to tell me that I'm a lazy piece of garbage. <laughs> and so I went through the whole video. I actually watched it twice and I read through the comments. And so I was thinking there is this sort of classism that we have going on. And of course there is a classism towards um, the rich. We all know this because we see it every single day. I see it every single day because I work around poor people. And, poor and the people, other way around. Poor people talk about how they hate rich people all the time. And so then with this, I was seeing um, a little bit of the opposite. I was seeing uh, Steven Crowder sort of dissing on the um, the modern, you know, the the laborer, the, what do they call them? The blue, the working class, I guess is what we'll call it. Right, them. yeah. And he was calling us drunks. He was calling us lazy. He was saying because we took the day off. Um, you know, he was, he was talking about numerous. He had numerous references to us like stumbling around on the lawn on our uh, little one day off. And so and that was in, at the end of a long day for me. I had worked very hard that day. And so what, what he was discounting there was that most, if not a large majority of the working class actually worked that day. And, and when I mean, you know, nurses, firefighters, the police force, you know, retail workers, all of us worked on Labor Day. And the people who got that day off are the people probably in office jobs and things like that. Sure, you can hate on them all you want because that's fine. But I was thinking, you know, I love Crowder. I watch his content all the time. Tristan has the mug. Um, I do. I didn't. Yeah, so I usually like his channel and I support it. And, you know, he's a, actually a big inspiration for Mountain Meditations. Um, and sure, I'll give you that Labor Day is a made-up holiday. I'll give you that because that was his point. Um, Just like Kwanzaa. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but we're not all successful business owners, you know. And it's fine to take 
in my opinion, it's fine to take one day to appreciate the working class. Um, yeah. It's one day to relax. You know, if we can acknowledge that the working class does do a lot, you know, I don't think that's a crime. Um, we have a lot of day of holidays that are, you know, quote unquote made up. I won't go through some of them because it it sort of downplays the importance of that holiday. And, you know, so it, it's kind of disrespectful to say that in my opinion. <laughs> but anyways, so my point here being um, we need to th- he said we need to thank business owners for, um, you know, giving us the day off. I don't know. It was something like that. And I was like, OK, Stephen, so we can we can have it either one way or the other. All right. Well, we'll say, hey, we'll thank neither of us. You know, we're both part of a transaction. We're going to go into that a lot in this episode. This is probably going to be a long yeah. episode, so buckle up, kids. This You are completing a transaction between two people. I go to Target and I say, hey, um, give me $13 an hour and I put things on shelves and I do the job for you. And that's our transaction. So sure, we get one day off um, and you know it's a, it's a return of services. It's an exchange of services. So that's what I, I'm just... My point is, it's 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 not wrong to take the day off, okay? And also, it's not wrong to take a month off, as you know, Stephen. So I'm gonna say, what if we just call it quits on this? We say, hey, it's okay to for us to acknowledge that each other are doing something for each other, and I think that that's a good thing. And so. I've been talking to a few of my friends. I'm going to sort of switch over here. Uh, a few of my friends. I brought up the whole thing about Amazon because I think this is going to be a big part of this. Right. Um, Amazon has been under a lot of flack lately. And the reason for that being, in my opinion, is that Jeff Bezos is very rich. That's literally the whole reason this is happening. Also, Bernie Sanders is a big part of this, but we'll talk about that in a second. So he seems to have a weird... Um, obsession with Jeff Bezos. Um, so I keep I keep asking people like why why are we mad at Amazon? I even saw memes. You know how the Am- the actual Amazon was burning, and it was some <laughs> reference to how they 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 said they prayed to God, um, asking to destroy Amazon, and instead he destroyed the wrong Amazon. Ha ha. You know. And I was like, I well, why? We, yeah, like why would you want to destroy either Amazon? Because it provides a nice service for people and, you know, a lot of these people use Amazon that complain about it. So I don't know why they're talking about it anyways. But so one thing they were talking about is the the working conditions for the workers who, you know, work there. And so for me, this is interesting because I, you know, working in retail, I see a lot of things. And these things that they talk about, I'm sorry, it's not that big of a deal, okay? I'm going to read, you know, there, there are a few... Let's see, something that the bathrooms were really far away, and it took you a long time to walk to the bathroom on your break. Sure, that's... Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of annoying. Um, and also, another thing, that they time people, and uh, because, you know, they have to go through the web, the warehouse, and they have to... And it's a really, you know, gigantic warehouse, obviously, because Amazon has yeah. a ton of stuff. So you have to go through, and you have to get it all within a certain time frame. That makes sense to me. Um, so it, it, and people act like this is really cruel stuff, you know, it's because the people who are usually complaining about this, I've noticed they're either in college 
or they work really nice jobs. And so for them, yeah, this is cruel and inhuman punishment. <laughs> but to a normal person who has worked retail, this is nothing. This is this is and also we have to remember these people are making $15 an hour. Um, that's pretty good. That's pretty darn good. So, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people who work uh, have worked other retail jobs. I've seen things at my job that are much worse than this. One guy um, I know that used to work at Taco Bell, he got called a retard multiple times by his managers. <laughs> and uh, I've watched people cry at work, you know, because managers yell at them. Even my right, own yeah. manager had a person above him make him cry. And like, it was sad. Aww, I've watched. Guy. I've watched team leads wait outside of the bathroom for workers to come out. Um, my favorite instance was a guy I worked with, uh, I'm gonna name him because he doesn't care and he also quit a while ago, his name's Quan. Um, he was working the 4 a.m. truck unloading shift and that's a job that you can't take a lot of breaks on because it's, you know, it's the line, you're moving things constantly, you're, um, you know, putting, you're taking the boxes off of the line, you're putting it on a certain U-boat so it can go out. Right. And so, this is during Christmas, we were getting double trucks that's like over, you know, 2,000 pieces every day. And so he, he goes to use the bathroom and one of the uh, crankier team leads uh, ends up following him. And so when he when he comes out, she goes, what were you doing? And he goes, I was taking a shit. <laughs> and um, that's one of my, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a thing. That's a thing that happens. And so every every job you go through has some sort of variation of this. So to complain about Amazon doing these certain things, yeah, sure, you can complain about it, but it's like they're not doing something out of the ordinary. If you're a cashier, you have a scan time. You know, every cashier has yeah. this at every store. They time you to make sure that you're doing things fast enough. Um, at Lowe's Foods, where my mom works, they have a leaderboard for the scan time, and they award whoever's best. Um, at Target, we have the ship from store where you have to, we have certain workers who run through the store and they have to get certain items and bring them to the front for the people who, you know, want them. The rich people who can just get them taken up to the front. And so you get time doing that too. And that's not cruel, it just makes sense because why would you take, you know, an hour just to find the candles? So with, you know, there's a reason Amazon is the best and it's because they have a high standard for what you do. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, I was just going, that that was me going through some of the things I've heard about Amazon because I think we're gonna be talking about them a lot and that's my sort of defense of them, not that I'm defending, you know, I just don't think it's that big of a deal and I think it's all because of Jeff Bezos. You go I'm ahead and talk, you. Tristan, I've been talking too much. All right, so concerning Amazon, the other thing that I hear a lot of people talk about is that Amazon doesn't pay taxes. Yeah, I've heard this To too. which I say, good. I'm glad they don't pay taxes. Oh, it's like, what are we going to do? Are we going to bomb a few less civilians overseas? Oh, darn. I would rather have Jeff Bezos' money in his pocket rather than the pockets of the megalomaniacal psychopaths who populate the federal government. <laughs> Don't try to pretend like giving money to the state is a good thing. You're literally just signing a death warrant for some brown kid in Pakistan who just happened to go to the hospital that day. Dang. I'm glad they I'm glad they don't pay taxes. I'm glad more of their money doesn't go to some of the horrible, awful, evil things that the government does. 
fantastic. Good job, Amazon. I hope you somehow take money away from the government next year. That would be gang as shit. I somehow pay even pay like negative taxes. That would be funny. That would be really funny. Just rob the so, government. So I've been uh familiarly I've been on both sides uh I've been on both sides of this argument, poor versus rich. Uh single mother, three kids. We yep. didn't always have a lot of money going around. Mm-hmm. But both my parents my father was a doctor before he passed away, and my mother's a doctor now. She owns her own business now. She is a small business owner. I worked with her and for her when we needed help. And generally, like, she had a, plenty of problems with employees, being that she was a small business owner. And I will say that it was usually their fault. Uh, you know, we had employees try to steal drugs out of the veterinary clinic. Prescription drugs that is illegal to sell. Mm-hmm. And the, empl- that, that, the employees, they didn't get... Uh, legally punished for it but my mother did it's hard to really take seriously the plight of these people when they don't even consider the idea of like individual scenarios I get it some bosses are bad people I worked at a Chinese restaurant and my first week there they let me take a few easy shifts I was working like 28 hours a week and just Mm kind of like baited me in thinking that it was thinking that it was an easier job and then the next week on Monday uh, they slammed me with sixty hour a week. With sixty hours a week, I was Whoa. working. I was working double shifts four times a week. I worked every single day. The only time I got an evening off was Friday. I worked from ten to five thirty on Friday. And that was the only time that I. Ever, that was the only time I ever got an evening off. Dang. So if I was trying to meet a Tinder honey, it was just it was just over. It was over for your boy. You know, <laughs> my and. They didn't actually let us take lunch breaks. They were first-generation Chinese immigrants, and they just didn't believe in lunch breaks. If mm. the store was slow around 2 to 4 o'clock, which restaurants tend to get, I could order food from them and pay them 90%. For, they would give me a 10% discount. Mm-hmm. I could order food from them and eat it in the store. But if customers came in, you know, I had to drop my lunch and I had to keep eating. Right. There are bad managers and there are good managers. There are bad bosses and there are good bosses. They're bad workers and they're good workers. True. It's not hard to take things at an individual level. It's not hard to ask for context. When you hear horror stories about Amazon, you can think to yourself, okay, they were timing him going to the bathroom. Was he a problem before? Was he taking like hour yes. and a half dumps and just yes. playing on his That's That's on his phone? what I wanted to talk about. Or yeah. was he or was he not? Or was he just trying to use the bathroom? Right. Was the manager being a wiener, or was the cut, or was the employee <laughs> being a wiener, or was there just maybe, maybe nobody was trying hard to be mean, and nobody was trying hard to be lazy or a dick. Maybe the employee was just having a rough week and just needed a couple extra minutes to just sit down and clear his head so he didn't have a brain aneurysm on the shop floor. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe the manager was on the same was on that same thing, you know, problems at home rough traffic if you ever gone to like work after like some seriously bad traffic you know how terrible it is to like to just out the gate somebody's coming at you when you just got like cut off three times you know Mm -hmm. maybe the manager and the employee just had a simple miscommunication and maybe maybe just saying you could ask for context instead of condemning somebody based on their class there's a lot of there's a lot of sympathy for uh radicalized authoritarian collectivist ideals like marxism and that's mostly due to baseless narcissism and a misunderstanding of the principle of consent but that's a talk for another day when you get into this this sort of thing when you get into collectivism 
that's when things start to go wrong because you can branch off a lot of these like horrible things that happen in our society to collectivism. Classism is just collectivism based on race and you shouldn't hate people because of their class. Some people work very hard and make a lot of money. Some people work very hard and don't make much money. Some people don't work hard at all and they make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And some people end up in the middle. And no matter what, that's just how life is sometimes. All money comes down to is, all payment and wages come down to is what somebody is willing to pay you. If you could convince Jeff Bezos tomorrow to pay you a million dollars a day to sit down on the couch and do nothing, that's fine. That's fair. Good luck running and buy that, <laughs> running that buy-in though. Let me know how that goes. If it works, like, you know, I'll try to do it too. It's all just based on what somebody is willing to pay you. When I was working at the Chinese restaurant, they paid me a little bit more than some of the other people because like, because I threatened to quit being that I was working 60 hours a week. I told mm -hmm. the man, he's like, look, working 60 hours a week, I will quit if you don't start paying me more. And they took that seriously. Yep. You know, you can get raises. It's a transaction. Yeah. Eventually, I, did, I didn't quit, but I did end up putting in my two weeks notice. I started working construction, and that was fine. My boss for construction was a great guy. Mm -hmm. He would buy me lunch sometimes. He'd buy, like, all the guys breakfast. I didn't work for very, there for very long, just like a summer. He was a great guy, you know? And it was honestly, like, a more strenuous job. Like, what do you think is harder? Delivering Chinese food, sitting in your air-conditioned car, listening to your Spotify playlist? Or, you know, actually laying down cinder blocks and creating a foundation for a house? Yeah. But one of the, my construction job was way better. It was really boring. Construction tends to be very boring. But my boss was a great guy. I'd work for him again. I don't think he'd have me, well, but I'd work for him again. I'm glad you brought up the wage thing because I wanted to talk about that. Um, yeah, I know. Were, were you finished? Yeah. Go okay. Um, I know that we've already talked about this before. I talked about, you know, $15 minimum wage, you know, retail workers perspective or whatever. You can go watch that video. It's pretty good. Um, so what... You know, we, we talk about a livable wage. I've heard this term thrown around a lot. And oh, I think oh. I need to clear the air a little bit because, you know, as Tristan and I have both worked, you know, jobs like this uh, for yeah. a decent amount, we both know that this is, it's a very um, slippery slope to go down and it can sometimes lead to some, some confusion. So I'd like to clear it, things up. Um, it's much more complex than give people more money and right. they'll be better off. Yeah. So, yeah, go watch that video because I clear up a lot of things. But I want to go into the whole livable wage thing. So, um, a lot of policies that we see coming from the left um, as we near the next election, they're going to be catering towards the, we call it the working class. Um, <laughs> but um, on, I actually feel, you know, a lot of these policies are going to hurt the working class. And here's why. So... Um, you know, basically, we what we talked about before, a business has to make profit. So if you use the government to force businesses to pay people more, they're going to, this is the obvious um, response to this, the, the business is going to end up um, cutting hours, they're going to cut workers, all sorts of things like that. And we know that for a fact. Um, so it's that's going to be bad for all of us. Let's just say that that's bad for the business as well, because the business needs a certain amount of workers on the floor at one time or else things are going to go rotten. Trust me. So this is bad for everyone except the government, who honestly could not care less. So this is why, you know, you see people talking about this. Um, AOC specifically, I don't like to talk about her because she's already talked about enough, but I would like to bring her yeah, up I this once. Um, she tried to rain on Trump's parade when he was bragging. He was, you know, he was saying, "Oh, there are more jobs now," 
And she said, it's because everyone's working two jobs. And so this is false on many accounts. Uh, one being that the Bureau of Labor Statistics doesn't count people twice for employment, and it's done on an individual level. But let's pretend for a second that uh, the number of people who do hold multiple jobs um, hasn't declined, which it has. Um, and let's play along with her. She makes the claim that people are working 70 hours a week to support their families. Um, and that isn't true statistically at all. Uh, I'm sure nope. there are people who do work that much. I'm sure there are people who work very hard. Uh, but it just isn't common at all. The average is actually 34 hours a week. And I don't know anyone personally who works in retail, at least around me, who works that much every week. Because we do talk about how much we work. Um, hang on, it's 20 minutes. I need to go change it. Fill in what I'm saying for five seconds. Yeah. So I want to bring it back to like what I was talking about collectivism before and a lack of context. When uh, a lot of people will just kind of throw out numbers, a lot of uh, collectivists, radicalized leftists like AOC, they'll just kind of throw out numbers and try to make sense of them without the context. So imagine for a second you work at X wage and you can't make ends meet. You can't pay your rent. You can't pay your bills, etc. And that's just like, okay. Somebody at this wage, like $10 an hour, can't make ends meet, and that means we need to raise minimum wage. I want to ask, like, hold on, well, what's what's the context here? What are they spending their money on? How often, how many hours are they working a week? Can they work more? Can they work overtime? You know, what is their money going towards? Because if you, you can be making $100 an hour, you can be making $100 a minute, but if you blow it on a hand of blackjack, you're not going to make ends meet. You can be making a very, you can be in the top 1% of earners in the United States, and you can still not make ends meet if you just waste your money on pointless nonsense. I could go, like, I have, I have enough money to pay my rent for the next month, which is a good thing. And I could have not enough money to pay my rent for enough month, for the next months. Uh, excuse me. I could have not enough money to pay my rent next month if I just went out and bought a bunch of nonsense. I could go out to Walmart buy a bunch of dumb computer stuff. I could go out to Tart. I go out to Publix, buy a bunch of food that I won't eat. I could eat a bunch of fast food, which like, if you think about it, fast food is what really kills a lot of people. It they does. Because it's like, it's $8 there, $10 there. It doesn't seem that yeah. much, but it all adds up. I have enough money right now, but I could have a less if mm -hmm. I went out and was irresponsible with it. What it comes down to is just financial irresponsibility. Well, everybody, not everybody only parents, that, but we have to take into account you know it is a very nebulous term to say liberal or i mean livable wage uh it's very nebulous because it varies depending on individual to individual as tristan was just talking about so amanda and i are fine we were fine living on 12 dollars an hour because we both work um and now we're living a tad better on 13 dollars an hour but let's say what if i was buy an extra funko pop yes exactly well let's say what if i was the only one working um, what if we have kids and now I'm feeding four mouths off of one paycheck? And so then, obviously, livable, you know, in quotes, is different. Yeah. So what this debate ignores is that it's not up to the company that you work for to make sure that you live comfortably. And I know that's yeah. a hard fact for a lot of people to understand. But when you're completing a transaction, you know, it's not their job to take care of you. And this was one dis distinction I was going to make. I was going to bring up two different um, terms here. We're going to use one. We're going to call that payment. We're going to use another. We're going to call that donation. So the first one, payment, is when you complete 
the transaction that I've been talking about. You do the work, they pay you. That's the payment, okay? Um, let's now for a donation. How does this work? So if I do graphic, you know, I do graphic design work on the side. So that's what I do on the side of my retail job. I do commissions, I also do music. So when I tell a person the fee for something that I've done for the design work, let's say I'm making a logo or something for someone, um, I'm taking into account the time and effort that I will be putting into the job, you know, which makes sense. And how high the skill level is, of course, um, so that I can, you know, know the sort of market value of what I'm creating. He has so, a degree. Yeah. <laughs> so picture the bill as sort of saying, here's how long it took me, here's what I did that was special, and, you know, here's everything so this can be worth your money. Um, so you know what the bill doesn't say, though? Uh, the bill doesn't say, I'm paying child support and I need rent. Uh, that's due next month, yeah. so I'm charging you extra. So what's the difference between these two things? A client giving me 50 extra bucks for working harder on their project or doing something over again, which happens a lot, that's called payment, okay? A client giving me 50 extra bucks so I can pay my rent, that's called a donation. <laughs> and you can't expect corporations or businesses to give you donations. They pay you for the work that you do, not for the life that you live. And I think that's a mm. good summary of that. Um, I was gonna yeah. finish the Chris, AOC Chris thing. Chris is in fact child, paying child support. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into that. Um, so uh, the livable wage thing, I need to go back to that. Um, so where was I? I have a lot of notes here. Um, Chris works so, very hard. Yes. So, um, yeah, when she was, when AOC, when we're talking about the, so, you know, the average person works 34 hours a week. She says they work 70 hours a week to make ends meet and that that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen at all. She's saying Liter no one, no one should work 70 hours a week. Literally half in of what world. she says. <laughs> so I, let's pretend all of this is true. Um, I do know people who work multiple jobs, and here's the distinction. This is the multiple job fallacy. That's what I'm going to call it. I'm coming up with a lot of terms in this podcast. This is revolutionary. You guys need to write all this down. So um, all the people I know that work multiple jobs, the main fallacy in her argument, and most of the people who use this argument, two jobs does not equal 80 hours a week. I don't know where this idea is coming from. When you work two jobs, you're not working 40 hours a week at one job and 40 hours a week at the other job at the same time. It doesn't work that way. Um, it can, like I said before, I'm sure there are there are a few people out there who are working that long. I don't know how they're doing it. God bless them. You guys are insane. But anyways, everyone Maybe I work take with- take a break. Yeah. <laughs> everyone I know who has two jobs works one a bulk of the time and then the other covers the rest of the 40. So for example, they work 30 jobs at uh, you know, 30 hours, not 30 jobs. <laughs> they work 30 hours at Target, and then they'll work 10 hours at Zaxby's or something like that. And so it's to cover what the corporation will, if the corporation will not give them 40 hours a week, they have to go somewhere else to get the rest of the 40. So when you say, oh, people shouldn't be working two jobs, what you're saying is that everyone should be working 40 hours a week at one particular job, and I don't think that's realistic to expect that a business should give, have all of their workers be full-time. So, whew, I've been talking a lot. Um, so, if, so what, <laughs> it's, 
if we pretend that they're in sort of some sort of financial ruin and work more than us, these people that work two jobs, it's just not realistic. Like, for example, if I jog twice a day for five minutes, which is not realistic because I don't jog or do cardio, uh, but let's say I jog for, um, you know, five minutes and I split it into two sections, and then Tristan jogs for 10 minutes, but he does it all at once. Um, I can't brag about how I'm working harder than him. I can't say, well, yeah. I ran twice today. Tristan, you don't even understand <laughs> the struggle that I go through because we both ran a total of 10 minutes in one day. Do you guys see where I'm getting with this? It's very simple. The so, only thing more unrealistic than Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's policies is us jogging. <laughs> Maybe that was unrealistic. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I just... I don't know where it, to... Like, there, it's hard sure. being economically literate in this political climate, you know? <laughs> we're we're just, like galaxy brains, and they're just the peanut brains. We got the big brains. <laughs> and I, I want I want us all to be on the same page, because I think we could help things a lot if we all could agree on the definitions of things. So if we all could be honest with each other, it would help a yeah. lot. But to say, hey, people who work two jobs are working 80 hours a week, it's not realistic. It doesn't happen... Maybe that don't much. lie. I'm sure it does happen somewhere. Um, so going off what Chris was saying with yeah. uh, hours, uh, a lot of people talk about not being able to work full time. And the big thing with working full time is that in a lot of states, and I believe there's some federal stipulations to this as well, if you work for a bigger corporation, if you work full time, they have to re have to provide some nice bennies, benefits yes. as restitution as well, right. like medical, dental, stuff like that. And the, a lot of people will complain about that sort of thing and say, well, now they won't let me work 40 hours a week because then they'd have to give me benefits. Right. And there's a couple ways you can go about this. I'll give you the nice answer and I'll give you the honest answer. The nice answer, you've heard me say it before. Chris hates it when I talk about this answer. You, It's all the government's fault. I agree with you, though. A, a lot more people would be able to get those bennies or would just be able to pay for those bennies by themselves if it weren't for the state. Yeah. Because you have a lot of people talking about uh, raising the federal minimum wage. You have a lot of people talking about right. livable wage, XYZ, yeah. $15, $33 an hour, $100 <laughs> an hour. I say let's just make the minimum wage a million dollars an hour, and then, you know, millionaires can't be immoral if we're all millionaires. So we should just make minimum wage a million dollars an hour. Rashida Tlaib, hit me up. Ilan Omar, if you want to cheat on your husband again, you can d you can DM me. Dang. Um, <laughs> So we should just make it a million dollars an hour. Yeah. But what actually what actually happens? Let's get away from the squad and move towards reality. What actually happens is that you hollow out an economy because mm -hmm. when you artificially stipulate wages, you the businesses because ninety eight percent of businesses in the United States are small businesses, and about fifty percent wow. of all GDP is contributed by small businesses. I looked these numbers up a few years ago. They might have changed. You can Google, Google them yourself. I reckon they're still pretty consistent though. So 98% of businesses are small businesses, and they can't afford like much higher wages. Yeah. The only thing they can do as a result is like fire, lay people off, mm -hmm. cut hours, raise prices. Yeah. They're probably going to do all three because you can't you can't right. just focus on one. If you're only cutting hours, you're cutting a lot of hours. If you're only raising prices, mm -hmm. you're going to lose to competition. So prices are going to go up. And I've said this before on the podcast. The actual number that is in your paycheck is only relevant to the number of your living expenses. If you make $100 a year, but rent is a dollar, you're looking pretty good. 
it's it's about inflation and yeah. the actual value of a dollar. Since we've taken the United States dollar off the gold standard, we now have magical make-believe money mm-hmm. invented by the Federal Reserve. You can listen to Ron Paul about that. I did in Austin. It was pretty dope. Met Dave Rubin, too. Um, I like rubbing this in Chris's face yeah. for the record. <laughs> Thanks for bragging about that. So... When you when you think about things in terms of like when you put things into context, because I love context, because I actually know what I'm talking about. I love context because it shows that I'm right. Uh, you have to think about things in terms of inflation and how much a dollar is worth. If you're making yeah. X amount of money and you have Y expenses, that can be good or bad depending upon the proportion of the hours that you work to the cost of your living expenses: right. rent, bills, electricity, food, food, water. You know, you do air, you'll have to pay for that because the government hasn't found a way to tax it yet. True. Wait on it. I'm sure they will. Mm-hmm. What was I getting at? Oh, right. Inflation. So, inflation. So when you get down to it, prices are going to raise. So the va- when you when you artificially stipulate wages, prices are going to go up as well. Right. Now, big corporations like Target and Walmart, they can take that hit. They have yeah. a lot of resources and an army of accountants that they can use to find different loopholes for tax. Mm-hmm. Smaller businesses don't have that kind of luxury. They just have to try to compete on an open market that is extremely stacked against them, stacked against them by the federal government. Mm-hmm. So they have to raise the prices. The prices have to raise so people can buy less stuff. People can buy less stuff so, they have to, so the housing bri- uh, rates go up. The housing rates go up so the government steps in and builds affordable housing. The, you have to raise the taxes to build affordable housing. Raising taxes induces capital flight. So now capital flight's gone. You have much less tax revenue. You have to raise taxes on the people that are left. The people that are left don't really have the, the ability to, be, to induce capital flight. So now there's just people moving out. There's less tax revenue going in and higher bills going in. There's more and more debt, and that's how you hollow out the economy of any major area. If you look at Detroit, if you look at Chicago, if you look at New York City, that mm. happened in every single one of them. It's like, yeah, people are like, oh, New York City, such a great place. No, it's not. It's a dis- it's a dirty, disgusting shithole full of overpriced apartments and brain-dead retards. Dang. <laughs> Cities aren't good places to live. Ironically, though, urbanization is pretty good for the environment because having more people in certain places raises the amount of trees, and there's more carbon coming out of the cities, but there's more trees to eat the carbon and produce O2, which is kind of odd. Which I, That's a fun fact. Urbanization, good for the environment. Maybe. Could be. I guess so New York City is a shithole. Level. Yeah. New York City is a shithole, and Chicago sucks, and Detroit sucks, and LA sucks, and all these big cities suck, and you can find a certain pattern with all these cities you can find extremely high property rates you can find extremely stringent gun laws you can find extremely stringent zoning laws you can find extremely stringent you can find overwhelming homeless population higher taxes you can find all this government and statist intrusion on the free market Mm -hmm. and what do you get out of it a worse economy yeah more debt that's all you when they talk when the left-leaning people democrats and republicans included because don't forget the republicans uh approved a 1.2 trillion dollar omnibus bill unfortunately i'm too fiscally conservative to be a republican odd how that works out so when you look at what they're saying it's like look at what you were actually getting a lot of people talk about oh we just want sweden venezuela wanted sweden too look how that worked out for them for the mm-hmm. record sweden basically lives in the united states basement we subsidize their health care and pretty much pay for all of their military mm-hmm. The United States is being taken advantage of, and you can really see it in places like the cities, because California has the biggest, 
I believe one of the biggest economies in the world, by far the biggest economy in the United States. And it still yeah. sucks. Mm-hmm. It still sucks because it doesn't matter how big the economy is. It doesn't matter how big your paycheck is. It's only relevant to the proportion of your living expenses. Yeah, California has the biggest economy in the world. They're pumping out a lot of money. They're mm-hmm. also $60 million-ish dollars in debt. They have a $1.2 billion pensioner's debt that will bankrupt the country. They have, an o- they have the highest uh, income inequality in the country. There's a higher uh, inequality between the richest in California and the poorest in California than anywhere else in the country. And that is a problem. A lot of people will talk about, you know, um, income inequality is a natural thing. And that's true. 16-year-old working at McDonald's isn't going to make as much as a 40-year-old who is a branch manager at XYZ Corporation. Yeah. But when it gets too bad, it's indicative of an economic problem. And Mm -hmm. those economic problems come down to statist intrusion. And that's where it all comes down to. If you really want to hate somebody because they're rich, if you really want to hate somebody because they get a lot of money and they get it in not so fair of a way, Mm -hmm. there's no better place to look than Washington, D.C. Think about it like that. The government puts a gun to your head and takes your money and they get a lot out of it. They talk about giving it to, you know, public uh, social programs and giving it to the poor and giving it to the veterans. But if you think about it, they're taking X percentage of your money, taking the majority of that money, putting it in their pockets, and then maybe sprinkling it some of what's left over into an extremely inefficient and ineffective government money laundering scheme that they call social programs. Welfare yeah, I, is just used to buy votes. Like the VA is an absolute tragedy. And if you if you're really about our veterans, then maybe you should think about letting giving veterans the more of an ability to seek health care in a private forum. You know, privatize health care, you know, higher quality, more availability, lower cost. It's nice. It's nice. Free market. <laughs> Somebody listen to me. <laughs> well, so I was thinking of this just the other day because as we're talking about Crowder, he does have that episode, you know, where he talks, you know, he says socialism is evil and he has that change my mind whole thing. And so I've been thinking about that. And I think I think Tristan and I aren't going to agree on this. I, I do agree that, of course, taxation is a form of theft. That's obvious. Um and so, and it is, a th- you are, are under the threat of violence to pay the government. Uh, That's true. Part of your uh, paycheck. And which is really annoying to me too, because as the retail worker, I'm, I thought I was supposed to be the poor person and they're still taking over $200 a month for me. And I'm wondering yeah. like, wait, I thought this was supposed to be good for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is what it's always marketed as. It's like, oh, taxes are good because they give back to the poor. I haven't gotten anything. I don't know where, I don't know who you're giving it to. But, but the it's roads, not me. fuck them ho ass roads. Right. Take the roads back and keep give me back my goddamn money. Yeah, but here's another thing: is I want to talk about. Aside from that, is socialism actually evil? And I'm gonna say, here's 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 something crazy. I'm gonna say no, but I'm gonna say government. Um, th- there's no government that could actually. Excuse me. No, hold on. There's no government that could actually um, implement socialism in its entirety and actually make it work because here's what jordan peterson talks about so hold on tristan i know you're freaking out right now but hang on so think of it this way i have a brain aneurysm no hold on hold on um jordan peterson talks about the people who say that um socialism can be done well um he says that the people who say that are always thinking to themselves 
if I were in charge, I would do it right. Which it's is true. a problem, and no one would do it right. Because what it does is it brings out humans and the, the inner evil that humans have, which is called greediness. And so what we're doing is we're funneling all of our um, all of our money towards the government and saying, here, we trust you to uh, spread it evenly amongst the people. And in that way, that's where everything goes wrong because you cannot trust anyone to evenly distribute your money to the entire population. And so when you say socialism is evil, sure, taxation is a crime, is a form of theft. I agree with that. But the actual thing itself would work if the perfect human existed and the perfect government existed, which they don't. So my point here being um, we cannot trust any sort of government to redistribute wealth in some way that's going to be magically perfect for um, every population. So sorry about that, Tristan. I know I, I just hurt you. Um, I'd like to announce my resignation from Mountain Meditation. Can we still be friends? <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna need you're gonna need to find a new uncle for your kids because no. I'm, I'm not with it. <laughs> That's rude. all right, all right, all right, all right. On the real though, you know, I I really don't agree with Chris. I do believe that socialism and communism are endemically evil, but that's not what this podcast is about. So we're, I'm just going to try to pivot back into this rich versus poor. So my, my finalized closing statement is what I've been harping on since like day one of this like versus podcast. You got to look at the context and you got to take like all the variables into account. Is the manager being a dick or is the employee being lazy? Is there a miscommunication? Like what is actually going on here? Does Jeff Bezos have more money than you because he's exploiting the worker class? Right. Or does he have more money than you because you don't really do much? Realist, I think a lot of people talk about that. That's that's the thing that I've heard. Uh, it's the one last thing I want to tackle is that managers and store owners, people who own, quote unquote, the means of production, are exploiting the workers by uh, processing the extra wealth, and the, the profits. Basically, uh, they believe that all the profits are a an even share of the profits is entitled by all the workers to be a more equitable society. And here's why that's why I disagree with that. So imagine for a second that you're a cashier at Walmart. Walmart brings in a couple, what, do they bring in like a billion in profits? Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but they bring in a couple million dollars in profit. And you are facilitating a very small portion of that profit. And you're not facilita facilitating all of that small portion of that profit. You're just a cashier. You're moving things through the scanner and then operating the machines. So right. when you think about it, you're it's one thing to say that you deserve an even slice of the pie as as like your manager, but realistically, but do you really? Let's think about that. Your manager has to manage you and all the other cashiers. They have a lot of personnel things to go through. Yeah. And you know, there's also the stock boys. It's like, yeah, you you slid it across the conveyor belt, but somebody like Chris put it on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe Maybe you uh, took the milk and like rang it up, but some farmer had to actually get the milk from the cow and somebody had to drive the milk over. Mm -hmm. And Walmart had to pay those people in order to get the milk that they could sell. And you don't have to buy the milk. You're not taking any risk here. If Walmart right. goes under, you're not losing anything other than a job. If Walmart goes over, some of the big guys up top are losing a lot. 
For example, those people that are actually like above you, they're buying the stuff that you're just moving through a conveyor belt. I was talking to somebody who was a manager at McDonald's, or sorry, not McDonald's, at Walmart, and he was saying, it's like, I bought uh, like a couple thousand units of pallets of ramen to sell back to the children. And it's not coming out of his pocket. He gets money based on what he sells in Walmart. It's not actually coming out of his pocket, but he is responsible for that money that Walmart owns that he's using to buy the stuff. Right. So he is calling companies and placing orders and taking a substantial risk because if he makes like a million dollar order and it flops, that's on his head. The fact that you're just a cashier and you couldn't move any of those units across the scanner, that doesn't really come down to you. It comes down to the manager. The managers have more responsibilities that's much more risky. And the people up at the top, the CEOs and stuff, they only get paid if the company makes a profit. You get mm -hmm. paid no matter what. That's the nice thing. It's like if yeah. you work, you are entitled to restitution. If you're one of the lower people, you are you did work, and it's perfectly moral and valid for you to say, even if the company doesn't make a profit, I did this work, and you owe me restitution for this. That's how contract law works. You do the work, you get the restitution. If not, you know, then you got to sue them. Mm -hmm. That's the whole other thing. So when it comes down to ideas like the capitalist class, the bourgeoisie, are just extracting the excess wealth from the workers. It's like, hold on, you didn't create all that excess wealth. And your managers and the CEOs, they had a part to play in that too. They just had a yeah. bigger part to play in it. And it right. was more risky. They're yeah. getting paid based on the, you're both getting paid based on the work you're, work you're doing. And the cornerstone of capitalism is consent. It's all consensual relationships. Right. Yeah. Communists and socialists are just economic incels. And incels are just sexual communists. When you think about it, it's that's that a whole that's, that's that's a much longer story. I've never I, I thought of it that do, way. That's funny. I could actually I thought about doing a much longer video about that. Maybe stay tuned. I'm still in school, so <laughs> it's it all comes down to the consensual relationships. If you agree to do work for a certain wage, that's on you. If yeah. you don't like it, then you need to talk. I already told you about the Chinese restaurant. I was working mm. 60 hours a week. They were, I was holding the delivery portion of that store on my back. Right. And I don't, and my back isn't like Chris's. I don't like working back that much. It's not a big back. <laughs> it's not very cut or very big. I'm pretty embarrassed about it. But <laughs> it was on my back. And I was like, look, I'm working 60 hours a week and making minimum wage and, and like tips. I did, yeah. we did get good tips. Like I was clearing 80 to $90 in cash a night. And I don't, I've only worked Dang. that one delivery job. I don't know if that's like the average, but, or maybe I was just that's like awesome. doing really well. Yeah. I was told that we had like a really generous clientele mm -hmm. and the managers were also really nice in that when they tipped in cash, they didn't add it onto my paycheck. So I didn't have to pay taxes on it. So if you order delivery, wow. nice. pay them in cash because the yeah. government can't tax a $5 bill that goes in your pocket. Mm -hmm. That's my, that's my PSA, my other yeah. fun fact for the day. So when I was I was carrying that store's delivery like section because they like made money on sitting down people in the restaurant and they made money on delivering food to the people and I was using my own car I was burning my own gas I was adding miles to my own drivetrain and I said it's like look I'm doing all this stuff I'm working 60 hours a week I'm exhausted if and I want like and I'm making I was making good money I made like three thousand dollars in a month which mm -hmm. I had never done before I was working That's like hell awesome. for it but but like as a 19, 20 year old, that's pretty cool. That's so amazing. I'm, yeah. 
I was also working 60 hours a week. I wouldn't do it again. Yeah. The money, <laughs> the money is like pretty cool, but it's also like I want to die. Yeah, yeah. Which is normal, but I want to die much more, mm-hmm. which is not super fun. So, but it was also $3,000 like between tips and the check. So it wasn't like $3,000 plus tips. It was $3,000 well, Point total. being the consent here, you guys reached yeah. an agreement I, yeah, with the payment. Yeah, reached a consensual agreement. Yeah. I was willing to walk. And they were willing to pay me more. Right. I could have gotten another job, probably. Uh, I'm not like superly overqualified, but I've worked a couple jobs before. I worked as I worked at the Chinese restaurant. I worked construction, and I worked as a veterinary technician for two years. And that's like how I get a lot of good responses from job applications. Like you worked for a veter, you were. I was a veterinary technician. That's a. It seems like a professional job, but it's not. I did get to wear scrubs. That was pretty cool. <laughs> At least it can't be a very professional job. You can get like qualified to give certain vaccines and do uh, radiation stuff or x-rays. I didn't do that because they already had like plenty of vet techs that already did that. I just kind of did the more menial stuff. Pick up dogs, carry them, hold them down, like bandage, get bandages, put in su- uh, take out sutures. Easy, simple stuff like that that could be taught in a... Co- over a couple of days yeah. i didn't do and i could have gotten more money as a vet tech if i learned to do that but i didn't really uh, i wanted more money but i didn't want to like put in the time because i was like i said i was in school i was working as a vet tech and i was i decided i'm making enough that i can just keep going to school and keep operating as i am now and that's not a bad thing because it was just a consensual agreement will you work for me for this much yes i will Communism socialism flies in the face on the principle of consent. Uh, I like I personally like to call uh, communist and socialist policies rape distribution of wealth because I think that's very accurate. I oh. want to force them to you know, fa- like really if you want if, if you want to be about this you got to really be about this. And I understand that can be some uh, very charged language you know sexual assault rape it's yeah. a pretty sensitive subject for a lot of people and I get it but I really do. Th- I really am about this. I really do believe that communism and socialism are endemically evil because they fly in the face of consent. And classism is endemically evil because it is based on collectivism. All collectivism is evil. Classism is just collectivism based on class. Sexism is collectivism based on sex. Racism is collectivism based on race. You should try to lead a moral life and abandon collectivism. And this dichotomy of the rich versus the poor I've got to be realistic with you. I don't think the rich are trying to keep you down. I don't think the rich are trying to hurt you. I think the rich are just trying to catch a check. And I think you're trying to do the same thing. Yeah. They're just That's what I've always little, said. You guys are both after just a little the same thing. You know? They're just a little better at it. They're just working jobs They have jobs more responsibility. Are, yeah. They're like working jobs before. that have different demands. It's, and they're just making, they're making consensual transactions. You're making consensual transactions. Think about it like this. You're not going to get mad. I'm not going to get mad at Chris because he just nails 10 out of 10 QTs on the reg. I know I can't do that. Her name's Amanda, by the way. <laughs> I know I, know I, I, know I can't, I, I don't got it like Chris. I don't got that kind of game, but Chris does. And I'm not mad at him for it. He's making consensual transactions with Amanda. And that's, <laughs> not to think get, about uh, it. Not to get dirty today. Yeah. What I want to say, I want to end this um, with a summary. I was going to summarize basically why I think the um, hatred of the rich has happened. So part of the reason I did blame Bernie Bernie earlier and I will blame him again because Bernie is, he's been doing this his whole life. I talked about this in the Democrats versus Democrats episode. 
Bernie Sanders is the only person on that stage who has believed <laughs> the same thing his whole uh, 110 years on this earth. So um, he has always he has always hated the rich, despite being rich. He has always yeah. hated people who don't pay fifteen dollars an hour, despite the, the fact that he only pays ten dollars an hour to his own people. And that's that's another thing, important thing. His people are working. Um, at the lower level, some of his employees are yeah. um, working 60 hours a week, not getting paid overtime, and only making $10 an hour. So This is now the vocabulary is, section of this podcast, and we're going to learn the word hypocrite. <laughs> yes. And we're looking at you, uh, Bernie. We're feeling the burn now. because. Yeah. And so, in short, this is what I want to say. We need a person who is the face of evil. And I think that's why this happens. Um, looking at it from an emotional standpoint, we need someone that we can look at and say, you're the bad guy. And what that's what we're doing with Jeff Bezos. It's like, okay, this is the guy that has all the money, but I want the money. So yeah. this guy's bad because he's taking it from me. And I to hear it fair, every day. The people I work fair, with. That is literally what I do with the government. I say the government is evil. <laughs> How dare you? Well, but I have a point. But see, here's another thing: is that um, uh, that's a that's like you talked about before, non-consensual uh, transact, yeah. or not even a transaction. You're just you're just having to hand fork over your money to the government. Um, and one of my favorite quotes by Tristan um, is actually he talked about. I can't remember which podcast this was in, but I've actually told it this to is, multiple people. This is like people. maybe the third time he's ever complimented me. Everybody, pay attention. <laughs> I told this to my parents actually because I think it's really funny. So he said. Um, Jeff Bezos worked 70 hours a week to get uh, Amazon to make it a, a beautiful working machine of a company. The government, which has never worked a day in its life, <laughs> wants to come in and take his revenue. And I like to think of it that way because it's like, hey, you're working really hard. The government has to come in and be like, hey, when, when are we getting some of that? And so I think this is the point. When are you going to stop bombing children? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, we need to find someone to point a finger at, and it so so far it's the you know the Walton family that owns Walmart. It's Jeff Bezos. We find these people who are rich, and we say you are the bad guy because you have everything. And so, I think that's the point here is that we need to stop with the sort of, I guess as you said, the collectivism, because yeah. it it leads to a way of individualism thinking. is gang. Yes. It leads to a way of thinking that sort of relieves you of responsibility for your own self, and it makes it so that you're not um, thinking of work as a transaction, as payment. You're not thinking of it that way. Instead, you're thinking of it as, this company owes me everything, and they're not giving me everything. So that that's the way I wanted to end this. I think we covered a lot today. We talked yeah. mostly about the poor. But yep, um, and we sort of defended the rich. I wasn't defending defended, socialism. Defended some of the rich, for the record. I wasn't defending socialism. I think that's just an important. Um, I'll defend the rich people that aren't doing anything wrong. If they are stealing right. or rent seeking stuff like that, you know, and fuck them. That's another thing. Going to run through this quickly. Uh, we there is some blame on. Um, rich people who run companies that do things that, you know, there certain things like yeah. hurting the environment, certain things that actually do screw over workers, stuff like that. We do need to call Pollution that out because the obviously NAP. not all business owners are infallible, you know. 
Right. So no one's infallible. Come on. No. So we do need to hold people accountable. Um, yeah. That's it for today, hold, guys. Hold people accountable for what they do, not right. what they make. Not what you think they do or what uh, Bernie Sanders tell you they do. So yeah. uh, see, you, see you next time. Sorry we haven't been as consistent with the uh, uploads as usual, but we're getting back into it. We've been kind of busy lately. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna start going hard in the paint because classes are a little easier now. I dropped a class, only taken two. I'm back from Austin. You know, I met Dave Rubin. He's really handsome, and now I think if I'm successful, maybe I can parlay that into him leaving his husband for me. You know, kind of like how older rich men who lead these businesses get young hot wives. I can be a young, hot, thotty. You know, <laughs> tweet at Rubin. <laughs> don't please don't. Uh, remember. Embrace capitalism, embrace consent, collectivism is whack. Thanks for watching. This is Tristan, Mountain Meditations. And this is Chris for Mountain Meditations. Go visit indevstudios.com, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, we put out clips regularly uh, and they're getting not very many views, so you guys need to step up on that. Also, thank you for the 600 listens that we've gotten from the podcast. Um, on iTunes, Spotify, all that put together, we we just hit 600. So, thanks, guys. We really appreciate that. Bye.